millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You're watching Oilers Nation every day with Heather Uramchuk. Your one-stop shop for all things Oilers. The Oilers lost, so we're switching up the vibes. Let's get into it with the lead. Welcome in, Oilers Nation. <laughs> Welcome in, Oilers oh. Nation, every day live from the Sports Closet Studio. Another opening that people who listen to the show in podcast form won't quite understand. We just ran around the room. I think I pulled my hip. Really? Yeah, you good? You're always stretching though. You're uh, you're tight. Anyways, do you know I'm from the sports closet too. You know what? As long as our leads, they, there's whatever a handful, a couple thousand people that listen to the show only in podcast form. Mm-hmm. We know that because of the data. data. As long as one of them goes back to watch the lead, that makes me happy. I wonder if there's anybody who watches the show and then watches, listens to the podcast. There is no way someone knowingly consumes our content twice for no reason. Maybe they thought they missed something. So you think it's like an episode of The Office where like, even if you've seen it once, you know how it ends. You're like, ah, I might as well run it back. Maybe. I mean, we, The Office style is something we haven't considered. We should do, do a mockumentary our, about our show. Do you ever listen to our show? No. You never go back and listen? No. Sometimes I do. I watch our clips to make sure they're done well. I never watch our clips. I get nervous. But you go back and rewatch the whole yeah, show. I don't have to watch myself. I just listen. I listened to our episode the other day with Jay. Because sometimes I think when we get in heated arguments. It doesn't make sense. I like to go back and make sure what I was saying makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, sure. And the other day it did. Pittsburgh just claimed Matthew Phillips. Really? Another storied chapter in the Ovechkin-Crosby rivalry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one will go right in the middle. All right. Uh, welcome into Oilers Nation every day. As always, we're streaming live on the Oilers Nation YouTube, where Michael was in with the first comment. Said, what's the biggest need for this team right now? Multiple depth ads, a top six forward, or a top four D-man? Maybe all of them. All of them. Maybe. Top six. Yeah. Well, we're going to get into that. It's uh, our Sherwood Ford Giant question that we're going to dig into later on is a little this or that, because we got some time to kill here on a Friday. And honestly, I got some questions that'll just maybe take our mind off the game a little bit as well. So we have to uh, talk about the game. Oh, that's me. What do you want? A little ad? A little ad? I pop was just, up? Uh, yeah, a little, little advertisement. Um, but looking for everyone's takes on the game. So drop them in. I know you will have takes because last night was terrible. The Oilers lose 6 3 
to the St. Louis Blues. A lot to chew on in that hockey game. So let's just kind of sink our teeth in, Liam. The game actually, listen, they didn't play well to start that hockey game, but they outshot the Blues 14 to 8, and they had a first period lead like when that when that buzzer went and i mean like right when that buzzer went like barely they were up 2-1 nuge scored dry saddle scored on the power play and it was kind of like okay classic oilers they slowly crawled their way into this hockey game and they got two goals so they should be good they're a better second half team than they are first half team well the second period was just pitiful the Oilers give up four unanswered goals. They give up the first one a minute into the period and the last one 19 minutes and 35 seconds into the period. Like that was a second period that was just all St. Louis and the penalty kill wasn't good. It gave up two goals. They weren't good at five on five. They couldn't get out of their own zone. They were just absolutely getting worked by that St. Louis team. They really lost their structure. Yeah. You know, they're allowing a lot of two on ones, a lot of three on ones, just really giving up a lot of grade A chances. And we saw this obviously a ton to start the season. It has really trickled back into their, their game now. Against St. Louis happened. The Kings, I thought it happened quite a few times. The Who else did they play? The Detroit Red Wings. That second period was brutal. And one thing that uh, Aaron and I identified yesterday when we, were, when we were looking through the goals on After Dark, basically every single goal St. Louis scored came from the slot. It was actually insane. The lack of like battle to protect your own net was quite despicable, to be honest. It it was crazy. I think the only goal that didn't come from within that area was the empty net goal. Well, okay. Can we just let this clip run again? I want to watch it one more time here to make a point on that. Because you're right. The Oilers were remarkably soft in front of their own net. And you see this. If one of, is that, was that Nuge and McDavid, I believe? If one of them stopped instead of looping like a beer league player, that goal doesn't happen. One of them. Okay. You saw the puck Nuge. You can see Nuge's head looking. Stop. Make the effort play. Stop on pucks. And that goal doesn't go in. And if that goal doesn't go in, again, who knows how the whole game changes. Another thing that really could have changed the game was the slightest amount of finish from Connor Brown. And listen, I know it's a little bad luck, but Corey Perry scores to make that game 5-3. More on that in a second. And it's like, okay, they... After Perry scored, they had a four or five minute run where they were pedaled to the floor. They got their jump back. Warren Fogle was playing physically. The bottom six was buzzing and cycling the puck. And then Brown gets that chance in front off the crossbar. He had the entire top corner of the net to flip that backhand into and it hits the crossbar. And I know hitting posts and crossbars is generally a sign of bad luck, especially when you hit the crossbar and it comes down. That's how you know you were a quarter inch away from that puck going in. But good lord, man! You had the entire top half of the net, and you don't chip it in. Uh, I'm not, I'll actually excuse that from Brown because it's not like other people were really creating too much either. Like at least he went to the net. Yeah, like that's effort. fine. Like, but I didn't see that much last night from Evander Kane. No, he was playing on the second line. Dylan Holloway didn't really create that. Warren Fogle, Ryan McLeod, virtually invisible. Like Corey Perry, yes, took advantage of his opportunity, and and that was great to see. I'm having, I'd have a tough time putting that on Connor. I see what I'm you not mean, putting no, it on no, Connor Brown. Like, he should have scored, but at least he had the opportunity to, to score. He created something. And it also kind of sums up a lot of their losses this year. Like they ended yeah. up losing 6 3, but at the moment, it's 5 3, and Connor McDavid has three assists. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, okay, bottom six, piss exactly one drop, and they probably come back and tie that game. One drop is all you need to get out of there. 
this is something I want to go back to. And I think it's been Knobloch's first mistake from this team, but like changing these lines has not helped one little bit. No, it has actually put a massive dampener. On Why us. are we not going back to dry settle Fogel and McLeod? I completely agree. We haven't seen it at all since they returned from the break. And even like when Holloway was playing with McLeod and Perry, like that was great. That worked really well for the game mm-hmm. against Vegas. Like, let's not sit here and pretend that they got destroyed by Vegas too. They probably yep. should have beat Vegas, right? Made it 17 in a row. But now we got these lines and I don't know. There's just not a lot there. Like Greg has said it yesterday, didn't he? That fourth line is basically nothing. Yep. You notice him on the penalty kill and we noticed Brown yesterday when he moved away from, from Ryan and Yamark. And, and I should give them a bit of credit. They had a great chance to start the game, which should have gone in the back of the net. But there's just a a lot going on with this team that is unfortunately too similar to what happened earlier in the season. And the lack of scoring away from Connor McDavid is, is one of those things. Yeah. Uh, the Oilers gave up, what was it? Three goals on, uh, on the power play last night. Yeah, no, sorry, just two. That was an empty netter at the end. So Cairo and Buchnevich. Um, Tyler Mulek is in and says, glad we have players like Yanmark and Brown in the lineup for the PK that has been trash recently. Play the best 5v5 players full stop. So the Oilers that were on the ice for shorthanded goals against yesterday were Cody Cece and Darnell Nurse were on for each of them. McDavid and Derek Ryan were on for one. McLeod and Nuge were on for the other one. So to be fair to Connor Brown and Matthias Yanmark, when they were on the ice on the PK, it, the numbers are actually pretty good. Brown played five minutes on the PK, only two shots against. Yanmark played 357 on the PK, only two shots against as well. The junk part of the PK came in the three and a half minutes you got from Nuge and McLeod, where they gave up five shots in that span. Connor McDavid, 155, gave up three shots. So the PK specialist actually kind of weirdly <laughs> did their job, but there was that one. And I believe we were doing the watch watch along last night. It was the Buchnevich one where they had, and it was McDavid specifically, yeah, right had, at the end of the period, right? had two chances to get that puck out of the zone. Hmm. If you get one of them out, Bouchard, I think, oh no, it would have been CC or Nurse who had the other look. One of those chances, there was three or four, a little flurry, and they just kept giving it right back to the Blues D-man. One of those gets out, you survive the period in all likelihood, and it's 4-2, and Perry scores, and it's 4-3, and... Again, who knows what happens down the stretch there? Um, but Mulek, yeah, okay, Mulek, that's a good point. The PK didn't lose them the game. The bottom six not producing is the biggest issue. And yeah, I, I agree, man. Like, again, at some point, you need one little bit of production to be able to keep justifying having those guys in there. I, I, the lines today, Jack Michaels had them. Uh, it was dry settle McDavid Perry, Kane, RNH Hyman. We'll talk about that in a second because I don't like that either. And the bottom six, McLeod, Holloway, Fogel. Well, they go. can't score together. They cannot score together. Why are we beating our head against this cement wall? Uh, yeah. Beating our head against a brick wall. <laughs> I I don't know. I I think that just from what was said there about the bottom six lost in the game from not scoring. When you take eight minor penalties, it's difficult to have any flow to the game for the bottom six to even be involved within mm-hmm. the game. And you look through all the guys who scored for St. Louis, the only guy out of their top six that scored a goal was Brandon Salt on an empty net. Like, it's not like they had contributions throughout their lineup either. Like, 
the fact the Oilers just had basically no five on five time because they were just a parade to the box, whether we like it or not, that the rest were calling weak penalties, which they definitely were. Vincent Dayane, like you can't just be chirping a ref when you're already down. And it's frustrating. I get it. And it's kind of silly. They gave him a two instead of a 10. I thought as Vinny well. Deharnay took four minor penalties. Like, that's last not night. a winning recipe. He would have gotten you know? kicked out of a beer league game. <laughs> Once you get your fourth, you're gone. When he cross-checked that dude in the chest in front of the net without the puck being there, I was like, come on. That was stupid. <laughs> like the elbow was unfortunate. Yeah, like that was that, a yeah. shitty call. But to then get like a two for unsportsmanlike conduct as well. It's like, come on, man. Like the frustration is obviously set in, but like I think Knobloch said in these post games, like we were unhappy with the penalties that were called, but we have to be more professional about it. Yeah. So like just going through those penalties, dry settle gets called on that trip in the first period, which is BS because at the end of the game, they did the same thing to dry settle. It wasn't called. Yeah. Yeah. So that right there really summed it up. Well, like was the dry settle trip soft? Yes. Yes. But if you want to call it okay, and if it's a night where you're calling everything, actually call everything. And I'm not a guy who's come and done this show and been on the refs a lot. There was that game the Oilers had a couple of weeks ago where I against Seattle, I think. I don't remember. Oh no, it was against Vegas. It was the Vegas game. Oh, where yeah. like when nothing was called. Nothing was called. And I said, like, the Oilers are lucky nothing was called in that game because Darnell Nurse could have taken three penalties. Like the Oilers got officiating that game against Seattle a couple of weeks ago. Um, or a month ago now, I guess the Oilers got the calls there and it helped them win the hockey game. The power plays helped. Like there are games where the Oilers get the calls. Yeah. But someone made a point on Twitter today. I think it was a fellow media member where it was like, you would never officials would never give the Oilers eight power play attempts in a hockey game. So true. And if they did, it would be eight, seven in power plays because they'd be trying to even it up because they don't want to affect the game. And well, you can't give the Oilers eight power plays because their power plays too good. You're basically gifting them the game. That would never happen to the Edmonton Oilers. The dry saddle one was a bad call. Dayarnay hooking Walker. Sure. Dayarnay cross-checking Robert Thomas, dumb and undisciplined. <laughs> Connor Brown, that hook was pretty soft. Cody CC slashing Sunquist as soon as the guy stick breaks. Sure. The Dayarnay elbow was a awful, awful call. That's not a penalty. This is a contact hockey league. Let's go. And to do it at that point in the game, again, how often do we sit there and see game management hurt the Oilers where they will be up three power plays to one in the game and the officials, the other team will be two hand whacking them in the skate laces and the rest will be like, yeah, we already give the Oilers three power plays uh, to call that on Vinny DeHarnay and then to tee him up when he's pissed because you've already sent him to the box three times that night. Grow up. Grow some skin, man. There's nothing that pisses me off more than the fragile egos of officials. That was terrible. The unsportsmanlike, like, good Lord, you're a grown man. You can take Vinny DeHarnay telling you you suck at your job because last night you <laughs> did suck at your job. The Dylan Holloway cross-check on Torpchenko, the guy was falling down. Yeah, I think we said, and I said in the moment anyways, I can see why that was called, but then you see on the replay, it was a light penalty, but... Holloway put himself in the spot for a call to be made. and But it wasn't a glorious night by any means for the officiating. The Oilers' last power play, they didn't get a power play outside of the first period. Just kind of, it's just one of those games, wasn't it? It just felt like the game was against the Oilers most of the way. Big Fuzz says, exactly right, Tyler, but if we complain <clears throat> about the refs, we're whining. And again, but that's why I kind of said, like, I don't, 
I don't usually do that when it comes to the Oilers. Mulek says Tyler yells at Beerly Grass confirmed. Oh, yeah, you better believe I give it to Beerly Grass. I'm talking about the Oilers, though. I don't <laughs> do the officiating thing a lot. For a game to end with the power plays eight to three, and the Oilers don't get a power play after the first period. And again, you, you look at the calls on the Blues, like, yeah, okay, a high stick on Derek Ryan. You need to call that. The dude got whacked in the face. The trip on Kessel over Holloway, like blatant penalty. And again, you call everything in the third period. Every single possible little infraction on the Oilers. Brandon Saad trips Leon Dreisel, turns around, and they score the empty netter. And you don't call that one. Come on. I think it's fair to say the officiating played a massive role in that hockey game last night. The Oilers played like shit. If they won that game, I would have been sitting here being like, didn't deserve that one. Still got the two points somehow. They did not. They deserved what they got. They deserved a 6-3 loss. But the officiating played a major role in it. There's a... There's a narrative going around right now, Tyler. And I'd like your input on it, if you don't mind. The rumor is speculation I've heard on the streets. Yep. The Oilers don't beat good teams. I believe that rumor is incredibly false. And here's why. Here are some playoff teams that the Oilers have beaten this season. And here's some they haven't. So these are all the playoff teams. The Dallas Stars, they haven't beat them. They haven't played them. The Colorado Avalanche, they have not played them. They've beaten the Winnipeg Jets. You may remember the first time they played them. It was an overtime loss. And McDavid was hurt. They haven't beaten Vancouver. They've beaten Vegas. They've beaten LA. They've beaten St. Louis this season, if I remember correctly, earlier yeah. in the year, right? They've beaten the New York Rangers. Didn't they beat Carolina? No, they got smoked by the Canes yeah. that time. They've beaten nine of the 16 playoff teams. I think the ones they haven't played, the ones they haven't beat, they haven't played. I just don't get it. Like, it seems like every time they lose to a good team, like, it's just like the world is falling. I get it. It's Last night's game was frustrating. But, like, let's not pretend that St. Louis came into Rogers' place and beat Edmonton like that. Edmonton went on the road. It's hard to win it's on the road. Teams play bad games. And it's going to happen. Like, I think some of the comments I've seen, especially on After Dark last night, like, let's take a chill pill. They're going to lose games. They're not going to win every single one. St. Louis is a good team, also fighting for a playoff spot. Trying to prove to their GM that they don't all deserve to be traded. We also haven't really mentioned that Jordan Bennington was absolutely incredible last night. And that game, we could have been up earlier. It would have been 3-4-1 exactly. if it wasn't for Jordan Bennington. And that's an important one. Like, again, the Oilers played like shit. And they did not fight through their adversity well at all. But they also had to battle through a handful of things. Being one, road game, sure. Two, officiating, awful. Three, Jordan Bennington, like you said, AB, playing absolutely unbelievable. And also, like... Again, if you're St. Louis, it is much easier to dominate a game when you spend, not an exaggeration, more than 25% of it on the power play. Yeah. 25, a quarter of that hockey game was played with five St. Louis Blues on the ice and four Edmonton Oilers on the ice. And for a little bit, three. And yes, undisciplined. The Oilers were undisciplined. They needed to be better in some regards. But every little infraction got called on them and nothing got called on the Blues for the final 40 minutes of that game. Let's just talk about the final 40 minutes when the Blues mounted that comeback. The Oilers would have been shorthanded for 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14 of the final 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. The Oilers were shorthanded for that. How, how many minutes were the Blues shorthanded in that final 40, Liam? Let me check. Zero. There you go. So again, <laughs> Bennington was great. The Blues outplayed them. Full stop. There's a footnote in this game that was the officials were dog shit and did and the Oilers 
we're also on discipline. So whatever, you know, let's just move on. I feel like I'm repeating myself and saying the same thing over and over again. Yeah. I don't have anything else to add to the yeah. game. Somebody besides... wants to know if you thought this was worth <clears throat> the challenge. The very first one. No, no, no. Huh? I mean, look, Corey Perry goes right into the goalie. And I know you could be like, well, Krug didn't give him anywhere to go, but no, if you're crashing the net, the onus is on you. There is the forward. If that was the other way around and they counted it, we would have been freaking the hell out. And that's how I kind of like to look at it. It's like, ah, if that was Stuart Skinner laying on the ice. Yeah. Probably wouldn't have loved the, the goal call. So I, I think that was fine. Um, all right, let's move along. Let's get to our moment of the game for our friends at Douglas Matters. I've been sleeping on my Douglas even last night. I'm pissed off from the Oilers' loss. I'm sore. I curled last night. One, one though. Should have, should have seen me throwing my guards. <laughs> I saw Mark Kennedy there. Mark, if you're watching, open invite anytime you want to come on the show. Yep. Come on, talk a little oil. I need us. some curling highlights. I'm going to need to see those guards one day. Um, yeah, why not? Drinks are cheap at the St. Albert Curling Club. Uh, anyways, Douglas Mattress. The point is, I slept like a baby last night on my Douglas. You can experience a Douglas Mattress with their industry-leading risk-free trial. 365 nights risk-free. Don't like it? Get a full refund. No questions asked. They just want you to have a better sleep. Douglas <clears throat> donates those mattresses as well when you send them back really? to local charities, which is kind of cool. And know. when they say local, Liam, they're not just a Canadian company, an Albertan company. They're an Edmonton company. So there is literally no downside to giving Douglas a try. Find yours. Order today. Douglas.ca slash Oilers Nation. Support a locally owned and operated Edmonton company. At the moment of the game was Corey Perry getting his first as an Oiler. Nice to see him. Not get off the schneid because he's only played four or five games, but he goes to the front of the net. He picks up a rebound. He hammers it home. And where I want to go with this conversation, Liam, is he's getting a look on the top line now. The Oilers are going nuclear with McDavid and Dreisaitl. And Perry's going to be the third cog in that machine, we could call it. Um, what do you think of Perry scoring? What do you think of him getting a look full-time on the top line? I mean, yeah, he took advantage of his opportunity. I think if he's going to play on that top line, this is what he's going to do. He's going to play down low, get pucks out, don't stand in front of the net. That's all. He, yeah. That's all. He's going to be Zach Hyman. Yeah. And listen, he brings no speed off the rush. I've been vocal about that. Um, but when you're with McDavid and Drysaddle, you probably don't need to. They'll handle the speed thing on the rush. You just kind of got to go be the trailer and eventually work your way to the front of the net as they cycle the puck around. So <clears throat> I don't hate it, even though I was vocal about me not believing in him as a top six option yesterday. I'm willing to give this thing a look. Why not? I. The Oilers did have lines that worked in early January, and I do think eventually they need to get back to that. But whatever. I'm not totally against that trio. What I don't love is I think we kind of know Ryan Nugent Hopkins isn't a center anymore. And I'm not sure if that second line is going to have the ability to produce all that much. I just don't get it. And the third line can't score, and the fourth line can't score. So, again... I don't know if they have the depth to go nuclear anymore. And, and maybe Hyman and RNH, like they are a pretty good duo. Maybe that second line can surprise me. I know they had the one good game together earlier in the year, but like this just, this isn't long-term for me. I'm okay with Perry getting a look if you want to see what you got there, but I, I have very little hope that we see these lines for anything more than two games. Which, quite frankly, is a waste of time. Yeah, and like that's where I'm not honestly kind of torn is like I okay, Perry scored last game on a shift with McDavid and Dry Settle. Give him a look. But then you look at the rest of this lineup and you're like, okay, this stinks. The thing that was great about 
the 16-game run was the consistency of the lineups. If something changed, it didn't change everything. Now all we've done since we've come back is change the lines literally every single game. We've even changed our defensive pairings for a game. And I, I understood the the blue line a little bit. We never change them. See what you have. You know, yep. like maybe something works. But like, if they're going to do this now, for me, don't change it after Arizona. Ride it. Ride it till the end of the month. Like, honestly, like if, if you've got to see what you have now. And if this is what you want to do, like you can't just do it for one yep. game. I think stuff like this, like Drysdale McDavid, I actually, I understand it because the offense hasn't been great by any means, has it? And at some point, it's just like, we just got to win a game and we got to beat a good team. And I Dallas is a good effing team. So playing Drysdale and McDavid together makes sense. But then you got to look around the room and be like, you guys have to step up. Like cardio line, get moving. Well, Eric so- Ryan, actually put it five hole on Billington and not right into his pad. Like, do something. Aiden says, let's be honest, that third line should be scoring. I mean, sure, we can sit here and say they should. Connor Brown should be scoring. We thought he could be a 2025 goal guy this year. They should be scoring, Aiden. I agree. It's been almost an hour of them on the ice at five on five, and they aren't scoring. And are you going to tell me they're going to go up against Jake Ottinger and one of the best blue lines in the NHL in Dallas, and you think they're going to magically start scoring tomorrow? There's no way. I have zero hope. That that third line is going to get any amount of offense going. I agree because I think um, I think you could argue outside of the fourth line, Fogel, McLeod have been the Oilers' worst two forwards this since coming back from the break, and which makes no sense because they were two of their best forwards during the winning streak. But who are they playing with? They're not playing with Drysaddle anymore. I'll tell you that much. So again, those two guys like putting players in positions to succeed. Those two guys were two of your most productive forwards during the winning streak playing with Leon Dreisaitl. The offense was starting to dry up. The game against Columbus, Kate, you need a jolt for the final two just to get to the break. Nobby agreed with it. Go nuclear, get to the all-star break, keep the streak intact. You come out of the break. I don't know, the one game against Vegas, I guess you don't score. I just don't think that's worth throwing it all out. Um, I'm with you. McDavid also should probably score a couple more goals here. I think he has one goal in his last five. I mean, he has nine points in his last two games. I know. Hey, I'm not <laughs> criticizing him too much, but it's also like, man, you had 60 goals last season. Dude, Leon Dreis don't shoot the puck. I was so mad during the watch along last yeah. night because he had a great look to rip it and just decided not to. Dude, I just He drops it back to absolutely nobody and then immediately took that tripping penalty right after. I also blew a gasket, then looked, turned your volume on and watched you freak out yeah. 30 seconds later. Um, just quickly to to talk about McDavid and and his lack of just call it what it is his lack of shooting the puck like yeah he's he's not going to finish the year with as many shots I'm pulling up his rates right now at five on five um, so his individual shots per sixty he is down one point three seven shots per sixty right now oh. which isn't like an insane number at five on five but it's the lowest mark he's had since 2019-20 and if you factor in power play like if you just go all strengths McDavid in all situations he is averaging two point one two less shots per sixty and at all strengths like that's that's something there like shooting the puck more the assists are racked up but McDavid with twenty one goals in forty eight games he's not even scoring at a forty goal pace right now if you're looking for a, a sneaky little bet though which I found last night McDavid is plus two sixty five to have two assists or more on Betway. 
felt like free money. I should have taken one assist was minus two twenty five. So kind yeah. of a crazy turn there. I'm <clears throat> um, just quickly looking at Leon Dreisaitl and his shots per sixty. Again, this is five on five. 5.99. You go back to a couple of years ago, 21, 22, when he had that monster season, mm-hmm. 6.91. So again, you shoot more, you score more, which seems relatively straightforward. Easy peasy. I just, I wish he would shoot more, man. What, what else he we is, got? We and I'm not even saying that as like, and I wanted to come off as like me thinking as a criticism of dry sidle. He's it comes from a spot, the same thing when like Evander Kane goes through a tough stretch. Like with dry sidle, it comes from a spot of like, Dude, you're so damn good. And it just feels like he has this mentality of like, I got to pass. I got to distribute. I got to be a good teammate, all this stuff. And like you watch David Pasternak and Austin Matthew play, Austin Matthews play. They just shoot. They just rip it. Austin Matthews with Luke Gazdag on uh, DFO Live today. He pointed out Austin Matthews scored three goals yesterday. One from his strong side, one on a one timer on his weak side, and one where he just came right down the middle, flipped his angle and ripped it low glove. Rip it and rip it. Remember Leon Dreisaitl against the Islanders earlier this year when he came in wide on oh, Ilya yeah. Sorokin, one of the best goalies in the NHL. And what does he do? Shifts his angle, gets the defenseman to kind of buckle, shifts his angle back, angle back, gets Sorokin to bend, and then flips it out one more time and beats Sorokin from distance. Like, dude, you have one of the best shots in the NHL. If he shot at the rate of a Matthews, a Hughes, a Pasternak, we would still right now, because we don't really talk about this anymore, we would still be talking about Leon Dreisaitl as one of the best goal scorers in the game. Yeah. We and we're not anymore because he doesn't shoot the puck enough. And I know like traditionally, but again, like 9.33 to 7.95 is the drop in his shots per 60 individually from two years ago to now. I know it's not drastic, but again, if he shot the puck more, he'd score more. Uh, Dangerous Wade says the PDO cast with Dmitry Filipovic. They do really good work. Talk about Leon shooting on their Leon centric episode. So we're not the only ones talking about it, I guess. Smart people are actually talking about it. Us. Well, all right. There you go. Your moment of the game for Douglas Mattress. Corey Perry gets his first as an Oiler, gets a promotion up to the top line. Uh, that's the first thirty minutes has now flown by. We got off on a couple of tangents. I didn't. I didn't think we were going to rag on the refs that hard. I didn't think we'd go in on the line combos quite as hard. I didn't but, know they skated today. Yeah, so they skated <laughs> in St. Louis, and then they're flying out like pretty much now. Which is why we didn't get the guest I thought we were maybe going to get. How long is the flight? I don't know. St. Louis to <laughs> Dallas. Flight. Flight time. Flight time, yep. Hour 55. Not bad. That's not bad at all. God, the, the, those U.S. flights. We're going to be on a plane soon. Sunday. Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. 7.30 a.m. 35 a.m. 7.35 a.m. So what time are we getting there? What time is the airport meeting? I have no up? idea. Because we're know. on the American side. Because we're going direct. Oh, is there anything better than knowing know. you have a direct so flight? Can you imagine if it was like 7.30 and like, oh, an hour in Calgary? That would be brutal. They have a Chili's? Yeah, yeah there's a Chili's on uh, that side. Well, it wouldn't be that. <laughs> Although it's easier to do it. To, you don't have to get to the airport as early if you don't have a direct flight. If we were flying to Calgary. Oh, yeah, because we're doing custom. You do customs there. Nah, still. It's so good not yeah. having to so we'll, plane. Liam, what time do you want to get there? I Probably five. You're going to get there at five, get through. See, through, yeah. not being from this country. Oh, so and flying into the U.S. Yeah, you might Life get. going to be a little difficult. Do you want to take all the recording out. equipment with yeah, you? Yeah, give me all the electronics, please. <laughs> give me multiple bags to check. Uh, you're not checking a bag, right? We're there for like 48 hours. 
got some chicken in the bag. No, I'm you are not. supposed to bring all my, my shorts and my basketball oh, jerseys. If you bring it. No, I'm not checking a bag. Good. I'm bringing, a, I'm bringing a whole podcast studio. I'm still not checking we a bag. We had a short flight to Phoenix and we did to Toronto. Correct. It's only three and a half. <laughs> yeah. I think it's only three. Should we all, should we check in at the same time tomorrow morning and try to get a seat next to each other so we can hang out? Ooh. Oh, and every day live from the plane. Yeah. Well, that'd be funny. Yeah, that'd be cool. I remember napping on the plane. And so will Tyler. So Aaron, you'll be on your own. Yeah. I remember when I was uh, flying back from all star or a draft, it was a draft and I was sitting there writing about the Oilers. I think I was writing about like Cassian. They just traded him. So it was the draft. Mm -hmm. And I'm like talking about Cassian gone. He was overused too much and didn't produce. And I did this whole article and the flight ends. And I look back like this. Oh, yep. There's Jay Woodcroft sitting like right behind me in the middle seat. And I was like, he, He's a nosy individual. He definitely read my whole article where I was like, the coach overplayed Cassie. <laughs> Classic. That's why he got fired. And then he helped an old lady get her bag from the overhead storage bin. Oh, what a gentleman. And I said, that's my coach. And that's why <laughs> I've always stuck for him. <laughs> Didn't put in the article. No, I left that part out. Uh, all right. Let's get to our Sherwood Ford Giant question of the day brought to you by, guess who? Sherwood Ford the Giant. Your spot. If you're getting a new car, here's the best part. You go in. It's a welcoming environment. You get yourself your Sherbucks. So you got a nice tasty drink while you browse the lot of new and used vehicles. And then once you buy the vehicle, it's the after part with Sherwood Ford the Giant. That's the best. Jay was telling us about the mobile service department. He called him up an hour before his appointment. was like, hey, I don't have the car. My girlfriend does. Go here instead. They're like, hey, no problem, Jay. Boom. They go out there, do the little tweaks, do the oil change. Boom. They're back. It's basically like it never happened because your car just sat on your driveway the whole time. Great stuff at Sherwood Ford the Giant. Find out more SherwoodFord.ca. Okay. Today with Frank Saravalli, I played a little game called This or That. Okay. We're going to do a similar thing today for our Sherwood Ford Giant question. So you in the YouTube chat, Charm Diamond YouTube chat, you can have your take on these as well. First one I got for you, trade-related, Liam. There is a magical deadline fairy. Imagine Dwayne the Rock Johnson in the movie about the tooth fairy that he was in. Oh, tooth fairy. Yeah. yeah. Magical deadline fairy is going to gift you one acquisition for the Oilers, and it's a freebie. We're not even worried about acquisition price or cap hits. You can add a high-end right winger or a high-end third-line center. Which one do you add? Which one has the bigger impact? This or that? Oh, boy. I mean, the second-line right winger. So you're going in the Gensel Defoli Eberly range over the Lawton Jenner range? Yes, I think that's where I would that's where I would go with mine. I do believe Ryan McLeod can have a good impact on this team as a third-line center. That is my belief. Just don't think he can do it with Focal and Holloway. You need someone different on that line. Those three guys are exactly the same. It does not work. You need Corey Perry on that line. Or even Lavoie. Like, and I know that's, I, I know Lavoie is a stretch, but someone similar to that, someone who's going to slow down the game a little bit for you, like a, a natural goal scorer. Fogel and McLeod and Holloway are. All very good players in our own, but it's just too chaotic. Now imagine Jake Gensel on a wing with Leon Dreisaitl because the tooth fairy Dwayne Rock Johnson gave him to me. What a day. So my thing is, we just spent all this time talking about putting McLeod and Fogel back with Dreisaitl. Yeah. So I think I'm now leaning more towards the 3C side of things because is a third line of Evander Kane, Scott Lawton, and Dylan Holloway like not pretty appetizing to you. I said this two weeks ago and you and Jay both screamed at me. I'm flip. Right, Aaron. You uh, were there. They tend to do that. That happened. <laughs> no, they need a right winger now. All right. I, although I would more than welcome Scott Lawton on this team, but I would not welcome Nick Dowd. 
I think Friedman was talking about Buffalo being in on Scott Lawton. Also, the Buffalo Sabres? Also, he said on uh, 32 Thoughts earlier today, apparently Columbus made a hard push for Lindholm. Elias, let me just check the standings. Maybe I had the, the 10th in the, the East. Maybe I had a really bad dream about this. I had a crazy dream yesterday. What was your dream about? This life. Uh, Merrick, you know what team I wonder about with Scott Lawn, the <laughs> Buffalo Sabres team needs a, maybe a different veteran mix needs to be a little tougher. Friedman. Yeah. Krebs or something like that. I assume plus that's the kind of thing I can see. Those, the, if they're trading Peyton, if Scott Lawn's asking price is Peyton Krebs plus, that means Scott Lawn's asking price is Dylan Holloway plus plus or just plus. Peyton Krebs, how's he been? I don't know, but people say he looks like me. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. No. Go look at his headshot from Junior. I got it. I don't think so. The guys at the U of A always tell me that I look like Peyton Krebs. Peyton Krebs has played 51 games this season. I can't see it. Yeah, a little bit. And he's kind of got the, he's got the ears. Dylan Holloway this season has played twenty three games and has four. Jesus. Friedman on thirty two <laughs> thoughts says oh, Columbus oh. took a pretty good run at Elias Lindholm. Some say it got really close. Others say a little bit less than that. There should be, you know. Obviously, we have the trade deadline. There should be a deadline of like you suck so bad, you now have to trade all your players and you can't get anybody good. And that's why they should title it a disposal draft. Yes. No deadline. Like, hey, Buffalo, you have no business trying to get Scott Lawton because you are eighth in the Eastern Conference. You actually have to trade Peyton Krebs and you cannot get Scott Lawton from. Uh, I think that's how it should be. While we're just kind of going thought. through the rumor mill quickly, Kevin Week says the Flames could be listening on Rasmus Anderson. Remember I asked Frank about that. Yeah, and he well, said no, right? No, he said, he said, yeah, it's a possibility. I also just made a YouTube poll asking second line right wing. Or My question. Of should they put a deadline in for bad teams? I don't actually understand <laughs> at all what you're saying there. So no, I just like, so it would be no fun if the Columbus Blue Jackets ended up with Elias Lindholm, right? So there should be like a cutoff point, or it's like it's February first. Columbus, you stink. You have, can have no involvement in buying anybody on Frank's trade target list. <laughs> The deadline. It's a possibility. I've already um, emailed Gary. What a take. 27-year-old <laughs> Rasmus Anderson has two more years at 4.5 million. Yeah, I'd welcome him. You, I mean, we're already cheering for Corey Perry, so why not bring Anderson into the mix <laughs> yeah. too? Um, What's Kessler doing? I would pay a lot for him, but for a guy with term, I just I know Frank says it's not a big deal. I just have a hard time believing Calgary would be like, yeah, sure. First and Broberg, here you go, Rasmus Anderson. There was a report today... Someone from the Vancouver area tweeted out, someone said on the radio that 
Vancouver is still heavily in on Chris Tanev, but so are the Edmonton Oilers. I, I don't know. I think sorry, Columbus, this trade can't go through. It's just no fun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't actually believe in the Calgary tax. <laughs> sorry. Dangerous. Way. I know Columbus is going after Lindholm. I'd fire the GM also. <laughs> love, like John Davidson just comes into the office to check in on Yarmo. It's like, Hey, so deadline's coming up. We're probably selling. Like, what do you got going on? And Kekline is like, so I actually almost got Elias Lindholm and <laughs> oh, Davidson's right. like, Oh yeah, you're fired. <laughs> that's, <laughs> See you later. that's all I needed to hear. See you later. Big guy. What else is on your, this or that list, uh, this or that. So the other ones are just kind of fun ones, Liam. Well, you can Let's yep. have some fun. So before the playoffs, Dwayne, the rock Johnson playing the fairy <laughs> returns. He gives you <laughs> one of two magic powers. Okay. You can gift the Oilers at any point in the playoff run, but you only get to do it once. You can gift the Oilers a successful penalty kill, one PK. So no, if they're in overtime of a game seven in the first round, you just go and they take a penalty. You just go, we're killing this one. And it's killed. Okay. Or one wish. Okay. So you get that or that's the this or the that you can gift them at any point in the playoff run one power play, but no guarantee it turns into a goal. Oh, penalty kill. Really? Yes. Because the penalty kill has been brutal recently. And I would love it if like that. It's just playoffs are so intense, aren't they? The Oilers being on the power play would give me less stress than them being on a penalty kill. But is there not? So like, again, the PK thing, you're in overtime, you take a bad penalty. Yeah. Sure. There's a, you know, 80 some percent chance you still kill it off no matter what. Uh-huh. The power play side, you're down by two with 10 minutes to go in an elimination game. Mm-hmm. Okay, we need a power play and we need to get one bad. Give them the power. You're down by one with three minutes to go. You know the goalie's about to come up. Power play. Well, there's a lot more scenarios in that one. For this one, you just said I have an overtime penalty kill. Any penalty kill? No, I take the PK. Really? I think the PK is more, yeah, more intense for me. Let's see what the, the YouTube chat's saying. Aiden said PK because we're goaded on the power play. That's a good way to know we we are hitting the young demographic. Go Someone ahead. said goaded in our chat. Or in, or in with that the means kids. Good for you, old Lance folks. said the PK. Uh, Maynard said we're kind of stretching for content here today. Yeah? Yes. Oh. I, so every day I have to write a three hundred word <laughs> article for the website, and it was an absolute grind today to try and get that out. Bring Cassie in home said power play more likely with the than we get scored on. I think so too. I think I go with the power play. PK goal can make or break a game, make or break a series. Even we gotta get rid of the sure thing. It's not a sure thing. You have an eighty some percent chance of killing that bad boy off. Aiden says I'm 22. <laughs> All right. Hey, that's the youth. Oh, yeah. That's the so youth of today. The There's nobody dance. that works here that is younger than 22. Mm-hmm. Barbershop window said PK all day. I'm surprised so many people are going with PK on this one. All right. Uh, Tyler Mulek, that's still young. It is. Even for us, Mulek. Just a boy. That means he was born in 2002. Okay. Ban this or that. Okay. I'm going to give you. <laughs> Thank you. So envision that. This is the guy granting all your wishes, all right? <laughs> what a dumb, film. Who the fuck green lit this movie? <laughs> what a dumb idea. I've never even seen it. And I know it's dumb. You get, for the rest of your life, season tickets to the Oilers mm-hmm. for the regular season, but you don't get them for the playoffs or tickets to every home playoff game. Playoffs. So all 41 regular season games trumped by playoff tickets. 100%. Even in the years where they won't make it eventually. Yes, yes, yes. 
when we're back, decade of darkness 2.0. Yeah, I think playoffs. Because the playoffs are not given. Regular season is given every year. I've been to one play, I've been to two playoff games, and the game seven was the best sport event I've ever been to. Hmm. I would trade nothing for that day, everything involved in it. Now, if I was guaranteed to. You still have not financially recovered. No, I'm struggling. That's why I I wear free sweaters from work. Shout out Betway, 19 plus. Please play responsibly. (laughs) Playoffs, 100%. Have the opportunity to get even closer to that moment again would never happen in a regular season. Um, And like, I've been to historic regular season games. Like, I was at uh, when Connor McDavid had 60 goals. Mm -hmm. It was incredible, but it didn't match what the playoff game was. That's fair. Uh, Eric says movies like this make me think Hollywood is a big money laundering scam. Well, you shouldn't think because it sure is. Joel playoffs. Aiden said playoffs. Sergeant Battle said playoffs. Mulek says I'm getting all home games. I want to watch playoffs with my friends in a big group. That's a decent point, actually. Playoffs are kind of fun to watch with the boys. It really is. They are. Or, or at Greta. Greta. Nice. Plug God. Um, how about Larry the Cable Guy and Tooth Fairy 2? Oh, yeah. That, they made a second movie. <laughs> Definitely money laundering. Yeah. Someone what needed to just get say? something off the books. Uh, Braden is Liam. Oh, an earn not giving guy. Yeah, sure. Daki says, if we win a cup with McDry, I'm happy to never win a cup again until I die. That's a little too dark. <laughs> never die. Mulek said, playoffs in the bar is better than playoffs in the building. What You're about a liar. Really? No, they're not. They're not. I they're agree. Not. I'm you sorry, go buddy. in the building and you're around people. When me and my dad went to game seven, he was hugging the random man next to him after the Oilers scored the second goal. The last I don't know time if I, I wanted it, but it happened. The last time I hugged my dad was when DeHarnay scored in 2017. <laughs> there you go. That's not a lie either. <laughs> it's, a be- it's a fantastic thing to be a part of. Yeah. What else uh, we got? This Lance Kane is someone who used to be a season ticket holder playoffs. When you have 41 games to go do, it can be a bit of a grind. I actually. I, that sounds like a very privileged thing to say, but I totally understand where yeah, you're coming from. Last game. Sure. It's a lot of games to go to. Mulek said, I'm hugging a random dude in the bar too. I respect that. Mm-hmm. Dangerous Wade. What if we don't like people, Liam? <laughs> then yes, you should go to the bar. Hey, do you see this bottom comment here? Did you see his comment earlier yeah, on Twitter? He said it four times and he's on, up. he's now on. No, I don't really want to. He's now on multiple fl- platforms getting mad at us for this. We address this off the jump, right? We talked about the penalties that DRNA took. Yes. Okay. What did that one other, other one say? Just pull it up. I don't care. What's it said, if you can't address DeHarnay and his horrible play, go cheer for the flame. We already addressed it. We spoke about it off the top of the show about how he took stupid penalties last night and he was bad. I talked but about it for 10 minutes last night. To say he's been bad all season, he's just, just wrong. Hey, Brett, shut up. Oh, come on. <laughs> commented he subscribed he had to subscribe to <laughs> hey Brett, part of it. you know what i'm just gonna i'm just gonna come on and say it unsubscribe <laughs> we don't can't afford that <laughs> gonna, gonna be honest here you know does the fairy have one more uh can you get the larry the cable guy photo of the um uh, i got this <laughs> hey there we go that makes sense um okay last one i had for you liam this is a life one okay that fairy the tooth fairy comes to you and says, okay, you still have to pay the money, but you never have to refill your vehicle with gas again. You never got to stand out at the pump. Your vehicle will just always, anytime it gets to like a quarter, it just magically fills back up. Money comes out of your account. Boom, you're good. Or you never have to shovel your driveway again. 
Never have to shovel my driveway. Getting out there in the cold after a big snow kind of sucks. Mine's like a bigger one and it's at a slight slope and mm-hmm. it's just, it's a mess. Flex. Um, yeah, flex. Pro- probably the shovel in the driveway. Oh, but is there anything worse than when it's like minus 25 and you're like, I have less than a quarter tank of gas. I got to go. Shovel in the driveway is worse than that. You can go sit in your car again though when you start pumping up and then just sit. Sometimes they don't have the thing. And if you don't have a tin of Zins to jam in between the little oh, you holder on it. Yeah, you could also do that. <laughs> you, you should have your wallet if you pay for gas. Or you could also put the cap of the ca- your gas. I use the cap. I use the cap. There's actually a variety of Zin options. Zin type thing is way better. Yeah, though. the Zin works. Yeah. Do you stand there if it doesn't have one? Sometimes. You haven't figured out these little life hacks? Maybe I should I just, this. I, feel, I feel like if they're not giving me the option to click it in, so then it's, called, it's a safety thing. It's called Domo, Tyler. But then I feel bad for the employee who's got to stand I, out there. I, I will never that. ever go to a self uh, a we serve why because i just don't want someone to pump my gas because it's just it gets a little complicated too it's like why are they there like 20 bucks regular is complicated yeah but then i have to stand at the pump i'm putting my money anyway no you don't they bring the little machine to your window you don't have to leave your seat the one in show park you have to get out and do it and then they well, come I don't home. know. I'd never go. Actually, they do that at the co-op in St. Albert. So you have to get out and stand at your thing, type in like, I want $20, whatever. And then they basically just stand there and wait for you to press OK. And then I'm pretty go. sure I did do that at the Domo in Shirt Park. So, yeah, that I right go there. to the co-op in, in Shirt Park. But it's just like, I don't know. I just don't care. Like, I would just rather do it myself. <laughs> Oiler said, yes. you guys don't have a butler? <laughs> no, that's funny. Uh, Mulek said it's awesome. They get paid well as well. Uh, well, I mean, maybe I should I mean, be going to Domo more. Well, they'll get paid well sitting inside, not pumping my gas. They get paid. Yeah, just sit on your phone, watch TikToks, watch the show. Yeah, sorry, I'm not trying to put someone out of work yet. Wise Kyle, <laughs> just get a heated driveway. I don't oh, even yeah, know how that sure. works. I, I like. I know someone said Connor McDavid likes about it. I don't get the heated driveway thing. What don't you? Get? So it just turns to water. Yeah, it, I'm sure it, it has a drain. Melts. And then, it, well, it's on a slant yeah, and yeah. it drains onto the street. How hot does it get? Not that hot. It just I'm needs to be it. above zero. Thank you. It how, needs to be above zero. But like, how good does it handle? So let's say it's actively snowing. Snow is coming down. And you got to get in your car and drive. And then you pack down some snow while you're going. Yeah. Can it keep up with the pack down snow? I would assume. Mm. All right. Can reach temperatures as high as 20. 93 degrees Celsius. No, that's that's what, that's what Google said. That's right here at the banana. Top. How hot does a heated driveway? So get? what? Your shoes melt as you walk yeah, on it. That's insane. I'm sure that's the peak. That's the peak of it. Come on, that's- babe. Put the steaks on the heated driveway. Get them cooked <laughs> up. <laughs> Maybe. Hey, I will now. It's like you. in Arizona when you see it's like super hot days and people put um, eggs on rocks yeah. and yeah, cook. or they like bake cookies on their car hood. Or it's freezing in Edmonton and people throw pans of boiling hot water around themselves. Mm-hmm. That's all. Those videos awesome. are all time. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, Maynard doesn't like the fact that we're not on topic today. What do you want us to talk about? There's fucking not the Oilers stunk last night. I okay, sure. You know what? This or that. Pickard or Skinner tomorrow. Picker, they already announced it. I know they did, but, <laughs> but I think it's dumb. They should have started Pickard last night. I was on that. Yep. And I'm standing by it. Yep. Should have started Pickard last night and gone with Skinner the last two games of the road trip. That's not even a hindsight thing. You can go back and look at the show from yesterday. They're back to backs. They're not back to backs. Don't they play some? What day is this? We Monday. fly to Arizona Sunday. Yeah, the Oilers play Monday. <laughs> oh boy. Here you go. They also play tomorrow. I mean, here's the visual. 
quite frankly, it doesn't matter because Skinner was going to get two games and it wasn't Skinner's fault that they lost the game last night. I just think Pickard was the play yesterday. Yeah. Skinner was not the reason we lost. Dallas. Someone last night was going off in the chat blaming Skinner, and I did not appreciate that. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, some with it, Pickard. Someone said this is the test for playoff Pickard. Good lord. Who said that? Okay, this all here you go, Maynard. That Dallas team scores a lot. They just pumped home nine on the Preds last night. Didn't we score six on the Preds? I the point is. <laughs> Like, no, the point is, is like the Oilers can score a ton of goals too. Like, but I that has nothing to do with Pickard and Skinner. I'm nervous about Pickard against the Stars tomorrow because he's not their best goalie. I'm not. I believe in I believe yeah. in Pickard. I think he'll be fine. It's about the team in front of them playing better. It's not about the goaltending. The goaltending since coming back from the break has actually been good. They've made huge saves every single game. But the team in front of them has broken down so much that it's been incredibly difficult for them to have any kind of respectable stat lines. Right? Would do you agree? Yeah. And I think tomorrow that is the, that is my there you go my short Ford key to victory. Short power sports sure. marine. My power sports marine key opening to up in March. Opening up in March. Defensive Ford structure. Up. That is the key to victory tomorrow. You have to be better. From one end to the other. The first goal that Dallas scored yesterday came off an offensive zone draw for the Oilers. And Dallas, uh, sorry, Saint and San who did they play St. Louis? Uh-huh. Came down the ice and somehow scored. So it's like, come on. Like that, that has got to be better. Riley says if Pickard's going to be our backup for the playoff run, I want him tested against good teams before the deadline. Uh, sure. As someone else said, scheduled loss, just play your backup. I, you can't have that mindset if you're a cup contender, which the Oilers are. So, the Oilers no. don't have scheduled losses anymore. No, God, no. They should be able to beat everybody that rules in front of them. Those be good teams, guys. And the other day, David Riddich shut out the Oilers. You yep. were a, a high-end offensive team. Yes, the offense maybe hasn't been there recently, but they have the threats to be there. There's no reason why Calvin Pickett tomorrow, if the Oilers play better in front of him, can't stop the Dallas Stars. Yes, Dallas is very good, but the Oilers have the ability to stop them. I like this one from Eight Angry Nuns. The good <laughs> Great name. name. Thank you. Um, the loosey goosey feel of the show is basically our only bit. Uh, they'll be snoozing tomorrow. They suck in early games. They actually haven't been bad in early games this year, if I remember correctly. I did that math the other day. They beat Nashville 4 1 in the last early game. There you go. Which was a 2 p.m. start, I believe. The yep. Last game before the break, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And tomorrow's a one o'clock central start. One o'clock. I don't know. I don't even know what day these games what, are on. What you expect us to know the Oilers' schedule? It's one mountain. Oh, yeah, one mountain. Sorry, so two o'clock central. They had another, which means regaming at noon. Yeah, let's get to the menu for our friends at DoorDash. Twenty-five percent off, zero delivery fees on your first order of fifteen dollars or more. There's, listen, tonight it's Friday. You just worked all week. You don't want to be cooking. Sit back, kick your feet up, watch Carolina versus Arizona, the only game on the sporting schedule, and enjoy a little DoorDash brought right to your door. Restaurants, groceries, all of it. DoorDash has you covered. DoorDash, download it, use the promo code NATION25. NBA All-Star break, so no NBA games on tonight. NHL, smartly, just said, you know what? We just want one marquee matchup. All the people want is Yotes and Canes. That's insane. That is insane. You should have been able to look at your schedule or at the NBA schedule at the start of the year and been like, ooh, that's NBA All-Star Weekend. They're not going to have a lot going on. The stadium series stuff is tomorrow and Sunday. 
Why not do Friday night New York Stadium Series game when there's nothing else on the sports calendar? Do you know what's funny as well is when the Oilers played, and I know it's different time zones, but when the Oilers did their Heritage Classic, yep. that was the last game of the day, right? Like all eyes were on that game. Mm-hmm. The Rangers Islanders game on Sunday is the first game of the day. There's two more games later on at right. four. So they're after the game, but it's just like, it just seems like a, why not like tease people into this game? Yeah, that's weird. It's not weird. It's the NHL. All right. Uh, New Oilers Nation radio dropping later on this afternoon. New episode of The Notebook with Boardsy, Zach, and Coomsey. Pre gaming tomorrow noon right here on the Oilers Nation YouTube as well. Post game, it's you and Dan tomorrow. Yes, sir. Nation Dan, you know him, you love him. And then Monday, we are going to be live from the Devil's Advocate in Arizona. Um, I'll get to that. Um, Anyways, we're going to be live from the Devil's Advocate. It's like a five-minute walk from the Mullet Arena. So if you're down in Arizona and you want to see, one, a live pregame show, that'll be a lot of fun. Two, have some beers with us before we head to the game. That'll be fun. Come to the Devil's Advocate. We're going to have a good time. Um, so there you go. I'm that's excited your, for that. Yeah. That's going to be good vibes. Yeah, that's your content. You might be menu. in rough shape in the morning, though, but we'll power through. Also, we aren't going to have a show Tuesday because we'll be flying back from Zona. No show Tuesday. Yes, because we'll be, I think we landed like three or something. Yeah, it's like an August. It's basically, we're flying right so to the show. Inevitably, when something crazy happens while we're in the air for three hours, we'll do. We'll do a live reaction about yeah. 7 p.m. that night. I think. Um, we'll go live from the plane, bro. Yeah, Kieran <laughs> is in. Together. Kieran is in. Who cares? I care about Oilers hockey, not the NHL schedule. If one more person freaks out in the chat because we are not talking about exactly what they, one person, want us to talk about, I'm going to lose it. I'm in a grumpy mood today. Oh, you already kicked someone out the chat. Uh, I didn't kick him out. I told him to leave. <laughs> What's the difference? You didn't force him to. I just told him to get lost. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. All right. Thanks for tuning in today, everybody. Uh, Big shout out to... I hit my bet bet again yesterday. I'm coming back. Look out. Look out. Uh, Over in McDavid, two points. I didn't touch Oilers' money line. Coming back. Don't look now. I'm in the rear view mirror. Don't look now. Tyler's minus eight units. All right. That's a wrap. (laughs) Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you on Monday. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.